I, in order to grow my business, I have to meet as many people as possible. And I discovered that as like that Zig Ziglar quote, the more people I help, you know, the more successful I can be. Um, and to me, success means means helping people. So it's just kind of like this secular, um, circular thing. Hello, everybody. David Donaldson here with my associate Joe Martin for another episode of Entrepreneurial Impact. And we are very excited for our next best guest. In from New York, she's a little bit nervous <laughs> to join us today, right? She was at Inman and she's not sure to expect to have to come and deal with our audience, but we're going to kind of relax and get started and put her at ease. But today we actually have the wonderful Sheena Satum. Sheena, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. I am always a little bit nervous, so but it's good. It gets me going. <laughs> well, you know, you're at the mercy of the people who control the throttle. And you never know how they're going to drive, right? True. So why don't we just kind of jump right in and just tell everybody a little bit about you, where you're from, how you got your start, right? And where you and yeah. how did you get to where you are today? What moved you to to be the powerhouse that you are now? <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, so I will definitely say it wasn't, um, I think like a lot of people sort of fell into it. Um, the quick way of talking about it, I guess, is I grew up in the military that comes up later. Um, but I grew up in the military. So moved all around the country, moved overseas. I moved back to the States when I was 14 years old. And, um, you know, everywhere we went, when we were in the military, uh, my mom would set up shop with some kind of volunteer effort. So if she learned, say, that the troops were having trouble uh, managing their bank accounts, she would set up shop and help them. You know, she would teach them how to budget. So everywhere we went, my mom was like volunteer of the year. Back then, it was very hard for a spouse of a military member to keep a job um, because you were just moving all the time every six months, every year, every two years. Um, so she kept herself busy in that way. So that was a really good, uh, I guess, uh, demonstration of kind of how to live for me. Um, and when I graduated from college, I got my uh, degree in political science, moved with my husband who was in the Air Force um, to a few various stations, um, came back here to the DC area, worked in nonprofit, lost my job at my nonprofit the same week that I finished my master's in national security policy and I had $47,000 in student loan debt and said, I better figure something out. <laughs> so oh my, my husband suggested, real, yeah, my husband suggested real estate. So, um, well, why not? It's, it's a, you know, cash just falls out of trees. It's an easy profession. You could certainly <laughs> jump right into that. Right. Well, first, yeah, it's so easy. Everyone thinks that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for, your, your familiar service, right? Uh, you know, traveling around, being a spouse, being a family, that's all important things. And I will tell you, obviously we're in, we're in DC, so we see a lot of that. It's yeah. an incredibly common thread for a lot of successful realtors, right? To have that in their background, whether it came from the family side, either as a spouse or a personal experience. Yeah. How did that set the table for you? Yeah. I think um, kind of like uh, being a server at restaurants, like I think serving with the military is very similar. There's a lot of sacrifice. Um, there's a lot of that service mentality, um, that feeling of responsibility toward people in our community. Um, it really, I mean, I, I, I didn't have a plan for how I was going to build a business. Uh, what it's just, I think when these opportunities show up, um, you know, like they say, just jump on them. And what happened was, I'd been in the business for about four years and I was invited 
to an event, a women's empowerment event in Baltimore, which is about an hour north of, of me. And it was being put on by an old high school friend of mine and her husband, who is from Cameroon, Africa. And they told me that they had been serving the homeless for about six years. They were bringing food to them, clothing, that sort of thing. And their next intention was to bring a shower truck to the homeless in Baltimore. At that time, it was very difficult to find a safe, clean place with toiletries to shower for the homeless um, and not even homeless. What I learned once we got the shower truck kicked off was there are people that just don't have, can't afford basic toiletries. It's like either I'm going to buy toiletries or medicine or I'm going to buy food today. So they would come to take a shower there because the only way that you get the toiletries is if you took a shower. So people would come, people who were housed would take a shower. Um, but they had this plan and I said, you know, my business is taking off. So I'd love to be a part of this. Over three and a half years, we became the largest investor in the shower truck for the homeless. Um, and then the shower truck was built. And um, we were able to rally people not only to help uh, bring that to life, but also to keep it going. So um, the first day that the shower truck opened was in August. And you guys know in this area, August is very hot and sticky. And so we were down there volunteering. And I noticed that people were going into the showers and coming back out in the same clothing. And I just thought, sometimes I shower twice a day and these people are putting on the same underwear they've been wearing for four weeks after they've showered. And I thought, you know, we're not really recognized dignity here. Um, so what we did was we started to ask our sphere, our network to see if they could help out, if they could send us brand new underwear and clothing and shoes. And so um, that really became a way for us to grow our network of people, show them that we were really focused on giving back to the community um, and made a difference. So that's, you know, that's where a lot of it spawned from. Now we're just always looking for human beings to give value to. Um, it doesn't have to be about who's looking to buy or sell eventually. Hopefully they'll reach out to you. But really, if we're just looking for people to buy and sell, you have limitless opportunity. So how do you look at the double bottom line on that? Because a lot of people have tried to go into like these strategic giving. I think the buzzwords around this yeah. is really strategic giving, double bottom line. I think some people don't understand what is strategic giving? What is double bottom line? And I honestly personally had, I love your business and how it's grown she, as far as like your team, your husband and how like you've just grown that, that thing through systems and models and the ability to basically give first before you grow your business. Mm -hmm. And I always had this struggle when people talked about strategic giving was that, well, give where you can give a ton of money, but also make sure that your business grows from where you're giving. And I struggled with that. And then I finally got to the point of like, well, if I give a million, I can only give a million if my business stays at this level. But if my business got to 10 million, I could give 2 million, right? So like, how did you and Han go through that, that, that process of being, okay, we love giving back. We love taking care of people, but we have to be intentional about how we give. And then also realize we got to grow the business so we can give more. Yeah. Um, that, those are really big questions. I feel like we could <laughs> spend a few hours talking about them, but I think they're great questions and things to think about. And again, hopefully that people heard from that story. I didn't intend to come into this with a strategic giving plan. It was just like, okay, well, I, in order to grow my business, I have to meet as many people as possible. And I discovered that as like that Zig Ziglar quote, the more people I help, you know, the more successful I can be. Um, and to me, success means means helping people. So it's just kind of like this secular, um, circular thing. Um, but I think when we're thinking about it, um, we are careful about the partnerships that we create. And we really do think about these things as partnerships, especially at the higher dollar amounts. If we're going to give $10,000. Um, what is it that we need from that nonprofit? 
And I think people shouldn't be afraid to ask, right? So like one thing that we've been um, really kind of reworking is there will be like when a nonprofit is like, okay, will you sponsor um, our event? Um, and then here are the, here are the things that you're going to get for that. A lot of times we'll say, look, these things are not of value to us. They're not going to help us to build our business. We want to invest in this, but this is what we're going to need. So um, I think that people shouldn't be afraid to ask um, for the things that they need. Um, uh, so, so I think that's, that's really key. That's one of the things that I've learned. Um, there is, of course, giving to places where maybe our heart isn't in it, but our clients have been good to us um, and they ask, they make the ask. So I think just putting ourselves out there, like you said, giving um, before asking for something. So if we're if we're giving to those organizations, um, hopefully they'll support our business so that we can continue to grow and, and, and give more. One of the things we've been um, doing quite a bit recently is we, you know, we tell folks who come to us and they say, hey, this isn't, this is a, uh, a nonprofit that's really important to me. Then we'll say, hey, you know, like if we, we want to support what you want to support and we need to grow our business at the same time so we can give more. So to amplify that, we say, if this, someone comes to us and they say, hey, I heard about you from this foundation or this organization that my friend is tied to, um, we'd love to work with you because we know that you're, you give back, then we'll donate um, a certain amount of money to that charity. Um, sort of like a, a closing thing. And, and that goes well with RESPA because we're not paying that person directly. We're paying this third, we're not paying, but we're um, supporting this third party. So we're not giving them a gift, but it's like indirectly, you know, or I should say we're, you know, doing good out there, which is making them feel good. Um, and we're not violating any, any RESPA rules either. You know, I think it, it's pretty awesome to see how you stepped up just from one experience and immediately opened your eyes to other opportunities. Right. And things can kind of steamroll very, very quickly. And I think it's really important for others. Like the terminology is important, right? You're talking about strategic giving, but you have to start with where your heart is. Yeah. Right? And you never know where it's going to grow from there. Right. And it is okay to have a business plan because that truly is the win-win. Right. So I think some yeah. people struggle with, well, I'm building up a business and I'm leveraging, but you're not leveraging mm -hmm. that organization. You're leveraging your business and that that is going back and forth. It's that's yeah. something that people just have to kind of come to grips with and be like, yeah, this can be real powerful uh togetherness when done correctly. Oh yeah, we get real direct with those nonprofits because most of the time nonprofits are run by bleeding hearts like like me, um, who don't have that business background and they don't understand um that there is so much more, there's exponential impact that can happen. There's so much more that can come to them if they build their strategy in a way that supports businesses. And that's why I say like, go back to them and say, this is what's going to work for my business. Um, and, you know, reaching out cold, like what should that look like? So we do spend a lot of time consulting with nonprofits to say, Hey, if you really want to get businesses to support you, this is how you should operate. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think that they are open to that. And I think it's our duty to kind of do that. And so people shouldn't feel badly. Although I do see that that's one of the biggest things people fear. They say like, I don't, I don't want to give, uh, let me tell you from working in non many nonprofits, you going out there, like a, a real estate team that's doing well, going out there and saying, Hey, I support this nonprofit. That is 
amazing for that nonprofit. Like that is what they want. They want you to tell everybody because it legitimizes them. Um, especially so, so especially if you see any small nonprofits in your area who could use that, you know, you have a platform, use it to help them. Don't, don't live in that fear or have that drunk monkey that tells you, you know, you shouldn't be bragging. Like they want you to do that. You're going to be able to do much more good by telling people about the work that you're doing and, and, and bringing people in and creating that awareness. I think that's a great point. You know, just the the brand awareness of, of, a, of a charitable organization and understand that even as a newer associate, a new business owner, you may not think yourself worthy to be able to make donations, but just starting small. Right? Because if that is your passion and you yeah. want to grow, that can grow with you, right? Absolutely. You don't have to be writing a $10,000 check to nope. start. You can say, this is my vision for this. Reach <laughs> yep. out to them now and start having <laughs> that conversations about how you can support them. That's right. How can I support you? Can I gather in-kind donations? Can I do, we do a bake sale every year. That bake sale started at, I think we raised $600 the first year, the second year, 1200. The biggest one, I think we raised $4,000 at the bake sale because people are like, oh, I'm not, I'm gluten-free, but here's a hundred bucks because I want to support the organization. So, you know, it takes a while to build these things out, but start, just start. So Sheena, how do you deal with the I got two questions and I don't know how which one you want to answer, but I think it, it helps people listening. They're like, well, I've got a good business, you know, say I'm doing, I don't know, 50, 100 homes and I've never really done like giving back to the community. How do I start? I think the two questions I'd have would be like, one, what's the ground level uh, baby steps? What would be your game plan of like, here's the three things you can do right now uh, to start giving, giving back to help grow your business, but also give back to your donations. And I think the second one is that you deal with the objections up with for partnership to get them to understand the value of giving back. So I guess first one is how do you start? And then two, how do you uh, objection handle and, and build those partnerships so you can actually scale the donations even higher? Mm -hmm. Yeah, great question. So I think um, where I see a lot of people kind of getting a little paralyzed is they don't know where to start because number one, there's so many different causes. There's so many different opportunities, right? Um, so just choose one. And what I say is like, just think about like what's often on your mind. If you're looking at Facebook, things that outrage you, things that, you know, be the difference. So if you're like, gosh, you know, I really, or you go out into the community and you're like, I'm always stepping over all these homeless people. It makes me so mad. Okay. Well, what can you do to change that? Right. Um, or, you know, it really, uh, when I see news stories about women who are in abusive relationships or men, um, in depression, like, uh, you know, military mental health, like something that you keep coming back to, let's start there. Start with the heartstrings of where you feel like you can make a difference and then go out there and find the charities who are doing those things and then meet with those charities. Um, you know, maybe meet with one or two. It's usually called an executive director who you need to meet with and say, hey, my company is looking to get involved and be supportive. I have a network. I have a database of blah, blah, blah people who I, you know, believe that I can rally to do things. I can't promise anything yet, but as a starting out, you know, maybe I want to donate $25 per transaction. So make a little commitment to the organization and ask them, what is it that, um, first of all, how can we support you? And what impact is that going to make? I always like to know, okay, is it possible to, and if you're hearing this in-kind donations are basically things that you donate um, versus like, uh, you know, money, or something like that mm -hmm. is there, are there volunteer opportunities and guess what think out of the box if there are no volunteer opportunities like the treehouse of montgomery county that's one that we support they help they provide mental health services to children who have been sexually abused 
can you go in there and volunteer? Absolutely not. <laughs> you cannot. There, it's like huge confidentiality issues, right? But uh, twice a year, they do a major giving campaign and they have all these letters that they have to mail out. Somebody needs to do that. So we will bring together the community to, to uh, mail those letters, right? To fold them up, put them in the envelope. So there's always, always opportunity. You may have to show them what you guys, what you can do. Um, but those are some ways that's sort of where I would start. Um, and, and think about all those different things that you can do, right? Like, is it giving per transaction? Um, and then maybe, uh, so, and then there's maybe bringing volunteers together to do something um, and then collecting in-kind donations. You can do reverse Popeyes. So you'll be able to meet a lot of people and you can use all your social media resources to kind of get the word out there about that. Um, so that's kind of how I would maybe step into it. I think, I think you really Good. drive home some great points there because I think people always default to the financial contribution portion of that. Mm -hmm. Right. And not realizing that certainly that is a driving factor, but there is so much more that has to happen on the back end and just getting involved to any degree yeah. is the best place to start by asking questions. Yeah, that's right. And one of the things I like to think about with these organizations is what does their social media look like? Because stories really do sell, right? So if I want to tell their story, I'm hoping they're going to make it a little easy for me because that's the easiest way to raise money and to raise anything is to be able to take the stories from Instagram or Facebook and say, hey, little Johnny, life, his life changed because of X, Y, Z. So you always want to show people that. I also like a lot of nonprofits nights. This is the whole going back to the business thing, right? I need to know exactly the value proposition. I need to know what $25 gets me. What does $50 get me? What does $100 get me? So I can put together the menu and tell people this is exactly the impact, right? Because we think about this as investors. What is the ROI? Um, so when you can do that, you know, you really have a powerful, um, powerful uh, ask there of your network. Joe, yeah, sorry. You had another what I mean, no, 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 no. I okay. love where you're going with this, you know, with your passion, because like, like I'm more the nuts and bolts of like telling people like, Hey, if you're tuning to this podcast, like there's a ton of impact that you can do, especially if you're selling homes because one it's providing shelter to people. It's also saying, Hey, if you're buying a home, you're probably in a different financial tier. So how do you also like be intentional about your business? Like, yeah, you could, you're in business to facilitate home ownership that has, you know, the direct correlation of saying, Hey, you've got a great business is how, how great your profit margin is. But that also means the more that you give, the more impact you have within people. And then the, the, the ability that, People want to be in business with people they like, know, and trust. So if you're giving back to things, the one thing I keep bringing back to this podcast for anybody listening is that, look, there's actually a, a process that you and your husband have built that says, hey, look, when we go to, you know, we raise money, we tell why we're doing it. We're saying, who is that local person? And then once we get that off the ground, we're then deferred to, to go viral. I'm saying, hey, find an individual story that has a lot of emotional impact, right? Yeah. Figure out how you can share that. And then make sure that like once you share that story, when you solicit money from somebody to say, this is what your money is going towards. And I think that's the key point for everybody listening is what's the story that's going to hit on people's like emotional cords and then tell people that by you donating to help Johnny or Susie, like this is how much your money is going to go. And this is what it's actually impacting inside the organization for transparency. So I think it's great. I just want to double click on that. So yeah. people say, this is the play. Mm -hmm. to be really successful in running your business, growing it, and also increasing your philanthropic initiatives. You know what you just outlined, I think, a very purposeful versus entrepreneurial, which we were entrepreneurial at first, so it took time to grow this. But yes, there's a process to it. Think about what you want to do. Do some of those things. Tell the story. 
do some of those things, do a little more, tell the story. You have to tell people what you're doing. Do not be afraid to do that. It will inspire. And that's probably for a whole nother podcast, uh, but I have plenty of stories of past clients who reach out and they're like, I did this because of what you guys are doing. And it's like the most unbelievable things. Um, but I think that's, yeah, I think that's really, really powerful and important. Um, a few other ways that people can sort of like, they tell us to throw events, right. And they tell us that we need to, um, stay in touch with our past clients. So how can you use generosity to do that? I'll tell you guys this fun story. Oh God, I hope I'm not jinxing myself. Okay. So by March we'll have <laughs> donated. <laughs> I just hope we got get approval. I think we will. Um, by March we'll have donated um, $500,000 to charity. And I was racking my brain for like, what can we do to celebrate this? And like, can we throw a party? Can we do this? Can we do that? But like, we, I want to do it within the spirit and culture of what this is all about. So do we do a giving day? I don't know. So what we decided was I reached out to Beacon House, a nonprofit where we donate about $20,000 a year. They help um, kids in Northeast DC who are very impoverished, like single mom households making $12,000 a year. And you know, in the city, that's crazy. So these kids are getting um, after school tutoring and athletics in this safe environment in um um, in the Edgewood neighborhood of Northeast DC. It's been around for about three decades now. And um, basically what we're going to do to celebrate, I, I've asked them, so I think they're going to give us approval. We're going to take all 50 kids from Beacon House and we're going to take them to Six Flags for the day. We're going to pay for everything. So we'll film it. We'll tell everybody, you know, so you can see how you can get involved and like make a difference in a kid's life. And I know that's like fun. That's not like, okay, but it does show that the community cares and we love them. And uh, you know, going on adventures like that is something our kids are so used to doing. So to be able to bring that to somebody else, I think is pretty special. So, you know, these are the things that we can do. That's going to cost us, I don't know, 2000 to $4,000. We'll probably get one of our vendor partners, definitely get vendor partners. You don't get in the door of my, of my business without guaranteeing money to charity. Like if you're not giving money to charity, you're not working with us. No cop. We don't need more coffee. So anyway, <laughs> lots of ideas. <laughs> Bring all the K cups, right? Yes. <laughs> That's actually awesome. But you know what's really great is to watch you tell your story. You've just rounded off through in the last 20 minutes, probably 10 different organizations. So we're going to need a complete list, right? Okay. To go this through, right? And you started doing this when? 2014? Yeah, I would say somewhere around there. Yeah. So in seven years, right, you've been able to establish these relationships, I'm going to say north of. 10, yeah, I don't know, even know what the total number. How many organizations do you guys contribute to now? I mean, it's probably somewhere around 20 to 25 to 30. There are some that get a lot more, right? Like we're building a school in Kenya. So that little nonprofit gets a lot more money because they need it. But smaller organizations, like they're not, they wouldn't know what to do with $10,000. So, right. you know. But look what yes. that has done. Like suddenly then quickly, right? Or quickly then suddenly. I always push those two around. Yeah. But you're you're better you know, 25 organizations are more benefiting over what you guys are doing just because you started something small yeah with that being said i could see that in itself obviously is a business all in itself that arm of your business what have been some of the challenges in scaling something like that and how do you keep feeding that from your business side and separating the charitable arm mm -hmm. it's actually awesome right because 
I think the more good you put out there, the more good comes back to you. And I don't have a, you know, a perfect ROI on that. But I do know that when I, every Friday, I get a report from our amazing director of operations, Joe Knows Cali. Um, and I'm like, oh my God, we're selling a lot of homes. I must write a check now. So I like, you know, I just like when things are too good, I just, that's, that like triggers me. Um, I mean, we have a plan at the beginning of the year what we're going to do, but sure. I'm just like, okay, that's a good reminder. Um, but uh, sorry, your question was. Um, I said the challenges of like, I can oh, see challenges. you being completely all yeah. in on the, on the charitable organization. Yes. And I almost forget about the, the funding point. arm, which is real estate. So the way I see it is kind of like when you go to our website, you don't go and like, oh, let me click here and there's the charity stuff. It's like a side thing. It's tangential. It is woven into everything we do. So if you go to our website, it's like, we are a real estate team. We are unique. And here are all the things that we invest in to make the world a better place. So it isn't everything that we do. So even like I noticed in October, a lot of lenders, a lot of title companies were laying off like half their people. Um, and then I started to hear real estate agents and real estate teams laying off a bunch of people. And I said, oh, we're not, knock on wood, we're not doing that. We are going, I'm going to put my head down and figure out every single way that we can grow as an organization. And I go back to, hey, we've been investing in local organizations. And so we just are doing more of that. So for instance, a good example is, um, you know, I had one of our people come to me and say, hey, I could really use some more hours. And, you know, other teams are cutting back. And I'm like, okay, we're going to get you more hours. I just reached out to her again today. I got two more projects for you. And mostly they are centered around giving back um, to the community and charity. So I'll give you a couple of examples of that. Um, uh, so one of them is we are doing um, an investor class. So any agent on here could teach that class, right? Like how to, how to buy investment properties. My husband's going to teach that class. Okay. What do we do next? We're looking for exponential impact. We are giving that to our community for free. 150 people have signed up for that. What do we do next? I'm creating a whole drip campaign. We're going to keep giving them information and hopefully that will help us to sell a few more homes or get referrals. Um, and this way we can, and the person who's going to actually implement that drip campaign is now getting more hours um, and they're helping to feed the business to get us more business, right? Because they're going to be implementing that. Another example, we have nonprofits who are like, you know, really struggling with social media or struggling with income statements or something like that. We have people on our team, um, admins who are experts at these kind of things. They're experts at Facebook. They're experts at, you know, follow up, follow up or that kind of thing. So we will pro bono out our admin with their permission. We pay them. So basically we're paying our staff um, to help some of these nonprofits. And obviously like those people are super grateful for it and they are putting our name out there. So it's just, I think, just really leaning into every thing that our business can do. Do we have, you know, physical capability to go pick things up for folks? Do we have the ability to teach them things? Whatever we can lean into for our community, for these charities, we will. And we just know that the business will keep coming. I think... To kind of to wrap this one up, uh, what I think has been really great and just to listen, Sheena, I know we've had a lot of like funny jokes and things throughout our working relationship, but to actually hear you um, really just lean into how much excitement and passion you get for giving back to the community. And I think what I just want everybody listening to hear is that business is only fulfilling when it actually drives on a passion or a purpose that you have in your life. And if you're just selling homes to make a crap ton of money, like you're going to see numbers in a bank account. And it's going to have no purpose. You're not going to feel fulfilled. Like you're just like, okay, there's always a bigger number I can put in my bank. 
Yeah. And I think what you've done intentionality, like, and what's cool is you're being vulnerable about saying, Hey, at the beginning, I just wanted to give back because it made me feel good. And it made me feel like I was actually a human being. I was like taking care of society and at least yeah. leaving the world in a better place than what I came into. And yeah. through the just trial and error, you found a process and a system that then was scalable that then also allowed you to grow your business. But the real reason you grow your business is that you can give back even more money to these causes that mean something to you. So everybody listening on like Sheena's journey and what she's sharing here is that like she defined with Han, her husband, like what they actually gave a crap about and what they were passionate about. And they use the business as a vehicle to drive on that passion and purpose. And that's what's actually happening here. And because she's been able to give back and impact people's lives, the momentum you've created on your sales side is something you probably didn't even dream about back in 2014. But I think yeah. that's what everyone needs to hear here is like, be entrepreneurial, get into purposeful, but be very clear about like what you're trying to impact is if you don't have a direction on like what you're trying to give an impact, like you're not going to see it come to fruition. And I just want to give you a lot of kudos, you know, I know I don't say this enough. I'm sure you don't get it. It's like, like sitting back and watching what you've developed and built is really inspiring. And I think a lot of other people's like, how great could this world be if there was like 15, 20 agents in every brokerage that said, Hey, I'm going to find these awesome, like philanthropic efforts not only is that I'm going to give back to community, but I'm also going to see my business grow and I'm actually going to be a better business owner about impacting people because I went on that journey. So kudos to you. And I just Aww. think anybody listening, like they need to hear that because that's actually what you're doing. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for believing in us. And you've always been supportive. So thank you. <laughs> well, Dave, thanks for facilitating the main of this. Sheena, thank you for the time on Entrepreneurial Impact this week. And thanks for everybody tuning in. If you haven't followed us on uh, Apple or Spotify, give it a follow. And I promise you're going to get more content next week. But once again, thanks, Sheena, for all you do. Thank you. And if anyone wants uh, coaching around this, I have a new coaching group coaching program. It's only $99 a month. So you can learn more there. <laughs> oh, I love that. We'll make sure that we share that. Thanks. Below. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you so thanks, much. Sheena. See you.